I'm a true champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the WrestlePod podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Nix. Now, joining me is a wonderful talent, somebody who is extremely popular and is going places in terms of the Irish independent scene, the British independent scene, the world's independent scene and beyond. LJ Cleary for More Than Hype. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Thanks very much, uh, Aaron. That's a very kind introduction as well, so thank you. Um, huge fan of yours. Uh, seen you live many times as well, which I've been very blessed to uh, have been approached by. Um, for people who may not know, because we have quite a lot of international listeners, particularly places like Peru and Israel, really wow. great places across the world, who may not necessarily know who LJ Cleary is, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give yourself, you know, like a little promo of sorts to let people know what LJ Cleary's style and persona is all about. Yeah, well, so yeah, as you said, ring name, I go by the name LJ Cleary, um, based in Dublin, Ireland, currently 22 years of age. I have now been wrestling eight years. I started training when I was 13, um, which, yeah, like you kind of said, wow, that like it's even insane for me to take now. The fact that soon I could be like, oh yeah, like I started training 10 years ago is crazy. Um, I'm based in Dublin. I'm part of a faction called More Than Hype. I would, I guess, kind of categorize myself as well as More Than Hype as I feel like I would be one of the more versatile acts in kind of the European scene. And what I mean by that is I think I've kind of shown that I'm very, I, I would say that myself, like I'm very character, personality based and, and driven. Um, I think that's what kind of got me recognized by a lot of places and things like that. I kind of came, I started to, to really kind of get a good bit of buzz at the time around, you know, like the 2017, 2018, when things were kind of, were still booming a bit, especially in the kind of like the, the British scene. Um, and I knew I was a good wrestler. Like I've, I, you know, I'm really confident in my training and my ability, but I just thought like that I did have a personality that stood out kind of above everyone else. So I've always kind of used that as the thing to really kind of, push me forward um, and the reason I say versatile like, and it's not to you know uh, be big headed or anything like that I just know that I feel like especially as the years went on as we went into 2019 and well like the start of 2020 I think a lot of places that would you know like book me or whatever would realise that I was very reliable in the sense that, like I could be in the first match I could be in the last match like I could be in the, the funny match if need like you know you need you need a comedy match like I could do that I could do the, ta the tag match or whatever um, and yeah that's that's Kind of how I would categorize myself. Yeah, a jack of all trades and the master of everything, really. Um, you're one of those guys, in fact, that it's quite cool. In the circle of people that I've ran with and the different people I've bumped into in wrestling, more than hype, and particularly yourself, always that name crops up. Whenever you know, I ask people, who would you like us to interview next? Who would you like to see wrestle over here more often, particularly on the British scene, which has had such a big boom and it's great mm. to see Ireland booming as well. Obviously, everything's kind of come to a standstill, but we're getting close to, yeah. at least over here, getting away from that, you know, coming back to a sense of normality. Um, I think so, uh, yeah. Before we jump into kind of like the modern range of things, you mentioned obviously starting training at 13 years old, which is an incredibly young age. And a lot of people might be like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, what's it like at 13 years old? Because obviously, you know, most people when they're 13 don't have the, you know, the mental adaptation of life yet. You know, it's not like they're fully formed mm. adults yet. They're still, you know, finding their way and learning how to become an adult and stuff of that nature. It's a very tender and very delicate age. Um, did wrestling, yeah. because of that, mature you much quicker? It definitely did. It definitely did mature me a lot quicker. But you know, I, I would say even kind of going into it, like, um, and I, you know, I don't think it's a secret now, and it doesn't matter. It's been eight years. Like, I, I think I was technically like I probably shouldn't have started at the time. At the age I did, I kind of snuck in, um, which I'm glad did. I wouldn't, you know, everyone else, uh, it should be done properly. Like people should be. I think now in Ireland, the age is getting put to sixteen is the like the age you can try. Um, I would say that I was already, in my opinion, like quite immature 13 year old and now that's obviously like you know i still had my immature tennis you're 13 you're a teenager like there's going to be things that you know you're still laughing at that like i still laugh at now like i still would have you know my immature tendencies as just like a young lad but i do think i was quite immature 13 year old but 100 percent wrestling was the big thing that really kind of put me in the position i mean 
as a person because I think a big reason as well why I've kind of done you know as as well as I have regarding even getting to these places like the UK and stuff is that I have no problem you know speaking to anybody like I feel like I'm quite approachable but like I will also go and approach people no problem and starting so young kind of gave that to me because you know I was 13 coming in as the by far the smallest person around people in their 20s 30s and you know my club that I'm still part of now Five Factory Pro Wrestling like it was so welcoming as well that I like any you know first day nerves were, were kind of gone very quickly because everyone was so welcoming but it kind of like you know I was learning how to speak to adults so young and um, so 100% did have a it was it's actually it's probably the, the biggest factor in my like you know growth and maturity as a person because I, I I'm a coach now in 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 my school so the fact that like and it would have been something that like I kind of would have like started dipping my toe into when I hit like 17 18 you know like I would take like the odd class here or there but, like the, the trainer wasn't there and things like that um and the fact that I would at that age I would have to be you know I'd have to take charge of a room at 17 I'm not naturally I'm naturally quite small anyways um but I think again because of just my general personality and uh, the way I kind of carry myself um, I was able to do that at such a young age and then the mix of already having that as well as the maturity of having to go to a wrestling school at such a young age definitely is a big part of my uh, overall maturity now How do you find because um, you've been in the business eight years nigh on trained for eight years and whatnot and obviously you've you know been able to achieve so much and you're still you're just 22 so theoretically if wrestling is a lifelong profession for you you could be looking down the barrel of at least another 30 years if you're yeah. <laughs> you know god bless so um ultimately you know you're already a coach which is phenomenal um and that's a matter like i don't know many people at that age that are coaching being able to take that responsibility of looking after students and things of that nature um mm-hmm. how do you take it all in your stride is there anything in particular that you're looking at and thinking like because obviously with you know so much time ahead of you is it difficult to manage every single one of these elements in wrestling it was difficult when like I, I just finished college as well i did a four-year uh like college course and i just finished that and i would definitely say my first two years of college was getting it was a big adjustment to try balance it because there was a difference from being in school and obviously i still live at home but there was there, there was there was a, there was a much bigger jump of like the kind of reliance on parents and things like that when i went to college you know um as i'm sure you you know yourself and the first two years was quite tough because you know i'm trying to balance it's like right like i have to do well in college and you know i can actually say like my parents in general are very supportive of of what i'm trying to do and um you know it would come to things like in my last year in school which i think it's the the a levels in england but it's like we do it's called the leaving sir you know it's like your big last your last exam before you go to college um you know there was that was around the time i remember that was around like 2017 where like i was i was just starting to get a bit and obviously to them it was still like the hobby and they were like why you know like there would be arguments because i'm putting so much time at the train like i'm not missing the training session I'm, and they're like we need you know you need to put your focus into school blah blah and as you know i i did get a good balance of it it was only then and when i brought them to um it was in my first year in college then i brought them to the the first ott stadium show that i was on um, and now before that they'd been to like my first two matches which were in like uh as the, you know they're not bingo halls but the only way I can kind of dis- I can only describe them as like you know uh what are they called like community centers and things like that and um, so when they came to the OTT stadium show they were like oh wow okay like we can really see what you're actually doing and then that snowballed into like oh well I'm in England this week I'm in Spain I'm in Italy like and it did get it did get hard to balance and just like the college was a big adjustment and but then I, I really got it down about like six months before the pandemic hit like I, I've said this on a, I think a, a podcast before like I was having days where so my day would be I, I can remember so this is the last one of the last weeks I was in the on the college campus before like COVID really really hit and it was I went in on Thursday morning for my 9am lecture it was it's like 9 to 2 or whatever it was I went from 9 to 12 I left went to the airport flew to Manchester got on a train to Liverpool, got to the, the venue, uh, it was for TNT wrestling, did the second match, left, got a plane home, and then was back in college for nine the next morning. And I remember people were like, remember I walked in there like, were you not in England like yesterday? Like last, I was like, yeah. And 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 uh, like that sounds like, it, it is obviously, I'm walking into college direct, but I did get quite a good balance that I feel like I really was taking it all in my stride. But also I had, because of the fact that I've said like, like I'm probably wrestling show wise about I'd say four years, 
you know, for four to five years, training eight years. I had such a strong three years of just training that I was very kind of mentally prepared going into the show side of things. So that that did help me in regarding, like, you know, taking it in my stride. Was there a case of, because did they have to wait until a certain age before they were willing to put you on shows? Or was it just a case of, we want to make sure that you are ready, that you are technically gifted? Because there are, you know, the odd wrestler, like Pete Dunne, for instance, who started in a crazy young age as well. Mm. And, you know, those guys were kind of thrown in the deep end at a ridiculously young age. Everyone remembers Paige talking about getting a debut at 13, 14 for her parents. Yeah. Things of that nature. So, um how how was it with the first kind of because obviously where you've been training so long like you say do you feel like the confidence was just there you already kind of knew what you were doing because you trained a lot longer than let's be fair probably the average wrestler does before they get their debut yeah well no do you know what though in, like i probably should have specified there like i did do like i did wrestle a good few matches before the kind of four years i'm talking about hmm. i had my first match when i was 14 um yeah, I had it when I was fourteen, and the thing was, it wasn't like you said, like, uh, oh, was like the age, because like I did, I did, I'd say from about, so let's say I started in February twenty thirteen, and um, I had my match exactly one year later, nearly to the day. I wish it was to the day, you know, it would be, it would be a nice like thing to say, um, and then I'd say from about twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen, I probably had maybe fifteen matches, fifteen to twenty over the space of the two years, you know, like not a lot at the time, it was. WrestleMania for me, you know, every show was 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 like WrestleMania. But that that's kind of what I mean when I say like it was it was when I started doing the OTT shows uh in 2017, 2018 to the point then in 2019 I had 95 matches in a year to go from like having, you know, like the 15, 20 over like the span of two years. Um what it was, the reason there was that gap is just like the scene just like it just wasn't a thing here like it just didn't exist or it did exist like it, i feel like when i started it just come off like um the awr tours which was kind of like what ott kind of how ott kind of started ott uh awr and nlw were shows that were done and then when i started it was just like they were kind of just gone so i was doing like my own school promotions but we do like a show in we might do like two in a weekend and then not do one for like six, seven months. It was just kind of the way it was. It was like that for about two years. It really, it didn't bother me that much at the time because I was just like, oh, I'm just, I'm just here to come training. And, you know, like it's crazy with the kind of mindset I have now looking back then. Like, I just didn't have a clue. Like I didn't get anything. And then it was when OTT really started to pick up, like it really started to pick up. And, I, and I, like a few of us went, like we paid into shows. Like the first OTT stadium show that happened, like I paid into, it was the last, it was the last show that I, I did pay into um but so that that was kind of it it was just that just, just there was the scene just wasn't there um those first few years again like i'd say it would be about from 2013 up till about 2016 early 2017 maybe 20 matches uh and then it just like boom then it just like blew up and, and skyrocketed so quickly the narrative of irish wrestling has always been that it was a very starved wrestling community a very starved scene um, mm. And it was kind of kept alive by the passion and the growth of Becky Lynch, Finn Balor, you know, Bray County, Wicklow, which yeah. is like this really strong traditional point. Um, it, how true is that narrative? Is that very true? Or do you feel like there's guys like, for instance, there's guys like Paddy Morrow, I know, who have put so much into this scene. And I feel like um, they're slightly forgotten because they're not as glamorous, obviously, in names. Mm. They're not working at the top of the WWE totem pole like those ones are that we just mentioned. Do you feel that, um, all in all, though, that those names certainly are the reason why you have such an incredibly strong scene that you do now? Yeah, 100%. It's the, the, it's the, the people are the reason. Like, the people kind of behind the scenes are the reason why it got so big. Like, so, in my instance... Um, so my training school is Five Factory for Arsenal, which was NWA Ireland. So it's the school that that Ballard did start, and Becky was in, uh, like Jordan Devlin would have been in, and, and things like that. And um, so my trainer, who's he's still the head coach now. His name's Phil Boyd, and he, um, he kind of took over when like when uh Baller would have would have left and went off, and uh, and Paul Tracy was involved as well. And they kind of just like they went on to do other things, and like I know I know for a fact not just because I was kind of there for some parts of it, but I know for a fact there was, I'd say, so let's say if, if from when Phil took over, which I think would have been maybe like, maybe about 2008-ish, okay? I'd say about 80% of the timeline from 2008 up until about 2016, it was like the club was in a bad way, like money-wise. 
I, I would like you know there, there would it would get kind of bursts of like oh there's loads of people coming and um, for example like I don't know if any people listening might be familiar with some Irish names so it would have been like um when 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 Balor and stuff would have kind of moved on to Japan and wherever he went like so it was like Phil and, and Paddy Morrow and a few other people like Justy and and things like that and then like they you know people would kind of you know real life would happen for some people and they'd have to go off and do things and Phil would kind of he was always like the constant then it would be like Sammy D and Be Cool like they, them and a few other people would start it would get really good and then it would kind of drop again and then like myself and Michael May started you know around the same time and and we've been like there since since like you know the two of us have been there since at all and there was times when like when I would have started it would have been in a pretty good spot there would have been you know on average in like 20 trainees over the, the kind of span of the week but then there was times when it was just there was just Wednesday classes when it was just me and Michael um me and Michael May down with Phil for a good few months at times like and 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 the and the reason that place stayed open was because phil like just like he was he, he couldn't let it go and i know from talking to him so much obviously he's my head coach you know i owe a lot to him like i know now he like he would have lost a lot of money at the time keeping up but he has absolutely no regrets because now look kind of what it's for us has turned into you know even with like Eva valkyrie she's she would have started a year after me and stuff now like she's now you know off in WWE and things like that so that's just an example of the people. And then it works on the, the promotion side as well. So like Joe Cabray is the owner of, of OTT, the promoter of OTT, and he runs his own school as well, the School of Irish Wrestling. And both schools and all are, we're all friendly. And, you know, like I got, I'll go train there. There's no like, you're like, you know, I think when I started, there was a bit of like that, but then like, it's just, you that it, it can't work when it's like, you're in this place, you're in this place, it's just stupid. Um, So he's like, you know, he runs OTT um, and like, both like I'm just kind of talking about those two entities. So for me, it's like the the, the kind of boost in 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 Irish wrestling was was made by you know the people behind it, behind OTT, behind the schools. Um, if say like Phil didn't stick around, then you wouldn't have had the likes of myself, Michael, and Eva Valkyrie at all, and then we wouldn't have been able to do the OTT shows when Joe was looking for Irish people as well as the people he would have trained in his school. Like he's he trained like Sessima. Martina and stuff like that. Um, I kind of went on a rant on a ramble there, but that's what I mean. Like it's very much so about the people, and then that kind of got like instilled in us. You know that like now. So when I said like I'm a coach, like I am along with with Michael May. Like he started just a few months before me, so like we're kind of the two that would have been that would have started in the last ten years, and have now kind of went up. Uh, you know, like in a in a role capacity, and we understand that like we understand now like we have a good now like and there was times where we didn't so like we can really see how it was like it's very much of the people that kept us alive and obviously you know people like Balor, Becky and, and Seamus do it amazing because like you know it's oh yeah all it can take is turning on TV seeing Seamus but like I wonder you know what that is but the fact that the it could have been there could have been so many times for I think every kind of major spot in Irish wrestling to stop so easily and they would have saved a lot of money, but they didn't. And now it's kind of, you know, pandemic aside, reaping the rewards and the um just the admiration. Like I think it's it started to get a lot of like people started to really see the the passion and the work rate. Right? Like I think we have one of the best rosters uh in Europe. Um, you know, I think we were on the way to being like a kind of superpower in 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 indie in indie wrestling. And I think we will get back there. It's gonna take, you know, probably a year or so of okay, let's get back, but I do think it will. Yeah, I think OTT um, in particular, kind of, that's, you know, I don't think it's ignorant to say that's kind of the main identity of Irish wrestling to everyone oh, yeah, in Ireland, at least. Yeah. Um, you know, the shows are phenomenal. I've been to the School of Irish Wrestling and seen what they do. And the quality, even if they're running at very small shows, is astonishing. Mm. And it's some of the best. Now, I remember covering that School of Irish Wrestling, their first uh, proper showcase. Uh, I actually flew out to see it. And I remember talking about it in such glowing terms and think because I've been part of showcases where I've been training and stuff of that nature and you know with all due respect the quality just wasn't even close to what you guys have been able to <laughs> yeah. do how hard is it or at least how hard was it because I imagine the fan base is you know booming like you're saying it's pretty mm. strong now but there must have been a time when wrestling just didn't appeal to Irish people that much so how hard was it and what do you think was the major contributing factors as to why people weren't initially is that infused is it just the case of because there wasn't many Irish stars that were on the major tv scenes so there was no real interest in going to watch homegrown talent or was there something more there I think it might be due to, to the fact that like um 
you know, there was a big heavy emphasis, I think, before OTT kind of boomed that the only real shows you could go to in Ireland from when I had kind of started anyway, like, you know, um, was kind of camp style shows and things like that. Now, like, I absolutely adore, like, camp style shows. Like, I, they'd be one of my favorite shows to do. The foundations are wrestling there. Like, you're not going to have, you know, there's, that's where you, like, you know, as much as, as much fun as I will have on it, my, the big indie shows, like, I'll have just as much on the, the, the camp style shows. Like, I think they're amazing. Um, but I think that's kind of all that it was. And, you know, because I know in the early 2000s, like, Irish whip wrestling would have been pretty big. Like, they had a, they had a TV show and stuff on the wrestling channel, but then it would just kind of die down. I don't think the, you know, the backing of, like, the financial backing and stuff wasn't there. Um, Especially because, like, you know, if you're taking, from my perspective, you know, NWA Ireland was set up in 2002, and maybe, unless there was something in the 60s and 70s, like, that was, like, the first kind of proper pro wrestling school. So it's not even, like, it's still fairly new in, in Ireland, uh, if you're looking back at that's when that school started. Um, and then I think when when OTT started to get big, I think people, obviously, I think what kind of grabbed people was the night out was the kind of selling point it was like it was more at the start and it was a good way to get people in was like come have a night out in uh you get three drinks for a tenner there'll be a wrestling show on as well that i think that was kind of the idea and then people went to the show and they might be like ah oh, wrestling i'd say i would imagine the uh you know the idea was like oh yeah we'll go see this wrestling show it might be a, it might be a bit of a laugh and then they probably went and were like jesus like this is not wrestling what i'm used to watching on tv um and I think that's what kind of really drew people in. I think the reason there was kind of a big gap for a while, there was just nothing There was just nothing like that to appease, you know, maybe an older audience or just a smarter audience, you know, like wrestling fans that were also much smarter. Like it's, I was only talking to someone today and I was like, uh, I was talking about the um, the Rock Hogan, mainly 18 match. And I was like, I remember watching that as a kid when I still thought wrestling was like 100% real. And there was something about that. I remember going like, hmm, like, that was different. I don't know why. I didn't know why. I was like, that was amazing. Because when I was a kid, there was no good or bad matches. It was just like the good guys and the bad guys. So I think for the smarter fans, things like OTT and like the night out um, aspect. And then seeing people like Pete Dunn come out, who, you know, I know I know he was on the first OTT, you know, like Pete Dunn and Devlin and stuff, having these like incredible matches is what really kind of started to boom. And then what I think works so well is that it, it was still, I'd say, the first two years were like the night out the night out but then it started to become you go for the wrestling like now you're going for the wrestling because it's so good and um, that started to drew people that like you know weren't the nice out because I, I went to ott like you know i've, I've said it to john stuff like i went to the shows before i was 18 i was there when i was like 17 you know sneaking in or, or whatever um because i was going for the wrestling and i remember i think that was a big turning point when we started going because we were like oh no like this has you know wrestler x y and z and it that are absolutely amazing like had like the likes of zach saber jr and stuff on it and um, i think that was a that was a big turning point the use of imports has always been very crucial in the early growth of building the credibility of a company but ireland now finds itself with an incredibly strong and very passionate uh, spine of wrestlers to the point where you can run shows without really needing a great deal of help from the imports that's not to say that obviously uh, ott in particular obviously you know use them so well yeah how important do you think imports are now to what you're doing do you still think they have quite an important gauge and just from a business standpoint or as a you know thoroughly passionate and honest irishman yourself do you believe that now the onus is on you to be like right this is our identity it's no longer about you know the kenny omegas and the elites of the world mm. it's all about people like us the homegrown talent we're the ones who are now the drawing stars we're the big stars on the card and those guys admittedly are fantastic but they're here they're here just to offer us a fresh amount of competition I think they, I, I would say in my opinion that um, imports, even now still, and they will for a long time, they do, like, I think, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. not that, like, you need them, but, like, they do have, like, they help. Um, I think it does make the shows better because what it does, from my perspective, is you can only get so, you know, much better wrestling the same, your mates over and over again. Like, I got better from wrestling, the imports, from getting, like, you know, getting the experience and like learning off these people. Now, I think there was a time when, again, it would have been around 2017-ish, around that kind of like, I remember the big Kenny Omega show and then it was the next stadium show. There was a time where it, it got, I think, a bit too import heavy. But I don't think people realize that that would have been the core time when behind the scenes, we were getting like 
kind of ready and trained up for it that now I think it works so well that now you don't nearly need as many. Like I, I know the, the, the last stadium show that was meant to happen that got, that got cancelled had an Irish person in every match and that's where it works well. You can have, you know, you can still have 10 imports but like let, let you know, let like let us benefit from them because um, that's where I think you'll kind of get, that's where I think you'll really draw because, you know, okay, like it, it's great if you can have a, I don't know, like, you know, you book, I don't know, Pack and Zach Saber Jr. University each other, right? That's uh, obviously amazing. But if you're getting that at a show in Ireland, there's likely a chance that might have been in like four different places in the UK that month. That would kind of just happen. You kind of see the same matches and you, kn- you knew they were going to be good. But like how much more appealing, you know, is it like Irish versus Zach Saber Jr.? Because you can't see that anywhere. That's where I think that's where we started to get it. That then because we use the imports, to then showcase us, we could do things like running all Irish shows and people then know how good the Irish people are, that there's no doubt. And like you said about um, even like the School of Irish Wrestling show or more for my, myself, and I've been on some of the School of Irish Wrestling shows, the Five Factory shows, which, you know, it doesn't have the pomp and circumstance of like, you know, a stadium. It probably is going to be in a community a community centre. However, the talent is is there. So the show is going to be, you know, just as good. But I definitely think like, you know, imports are, they definitely add a lot to the show. But I think they more like they help wrestlers a lot develop. Um, you've had the opportunity to work so many imports as, as an individual and also more than hype. As a quick aside, what's really blown you away most? Is there a match in particular where you think, I cannot believe I had the opportunity to work with this guy or this group? Oh yeah, there, there, there's been a good few. Like I'm not gonna, you know, like I'm a, I'm not gonna lie, and I think it's a big thing in wrestling is get told, you know, you get told like, don't be a, you know, don't be a mark, don't be, a, don't be this, and like you know, there's a line, you know, you're not going backstage and like going up to someone you're wrestling, be like, oh my god, can I, like, it's you, it's you. However, like I am a fan at heart still to this day, like, and oh yeah, there's, so there's a few, there's like when when we wrestled there, uh, we wrestled Cole Cabana, and I remember that being one that I was like. You know, there, there was a there was him. There was just something different because I was like, you know, it's amazing that we are wrestling the likes of Mustache Mountain and things like that. But I was like, like I watched Colcabana now. He, he was like when he was like Scotty Goldman on WWE. But I was like, I what I watched him on TV. Like there's there's a bit of a difference with people like that. And um, I wrestled Rich Swan in a in a singles match for a place uh, that's just, it's not around anymore. But it was in Belfast called Pro Wrestling Ulster, and that was a huge one for me. I could not because only two years before. I was still trying and not really wrestling and like the Cruiserweight Classic was on and that was like one of the best things that like WWE ever put out and I remember like Rich Swan was like one of the best in it and I actually like and again this is where you know you get told like don't be like this don't don't be like that however you know there's a different way there's a certain way to approach it I had had a clip you know the way on Snapchat you can go to like your memories you can like from ages ago uh, I had a clip from 2016 of Rich Swan doing some like ran it that I wanted to try and train it and I went up and showed him I was like after the match I was like because we I, I felt like we had a good match that's free on YouTube if anyone's listening just look up my name and it'll come up and I showed him and like to him that like meant the world he was like wow like you know and obviously to him it's like he's inspiring a, another generation and then the other big one was with the Lucha, Bro- the Lucha Bros and, and Ray Horace because like I watched Lucha Underground and all when it was hot and like I like I knew you know like Phoenix and, and Pentagon and and uh, Ray Horace and stuff and that that was a big one. I remember that when we seen the Lucha Bros match graphic, I was like, "What?" I was like, "I can't, no way!" Like I could not believe it. And then even that was one that it it still took us a few seconds. I think when we uh were kind of like so close to them, I was like, "I." They were matches though as well that like I feel like for so long, I had kind of been like oh, you know, great, like, I'm, I'm I'm very happy to get this opportunity, which I was, but then I started to be like, you know, I think, like, we're on this level now, like, that's why, that's why we're here, like, we are actually part of the reason why tickets are selling, to go back to what we were talking about, the imports, it was, it would have, yeah, it could have been amazing to see the Lucha Bros against three people they've already, you know, wrestled in, you know, maybe the night before, but the fact that, like, that was a match with us that was selling tickets, I say the Lucha Bros, Cabana, Rich Swan. Um, I did it like, and again, this was priority. Oh, this was like 2017. I did an in-ring segment with Kevin Nash, and I remember that being a big like. I you know, I just couldn't believe like it's Kevin Nash. Uh, and I remember I was actually so I couldn't believe after it was me and Nathan were actually tagging, and 
the venue was in, he actually sat on the ramp after the segment and watched the match. But I didn't know. I didn't I didn't see him at all. And then it was only when I went back, someone was like, he was sitting there watching the match. I went up and talked to him and stuff and, and he couldn't have been nicer. Um but yeah, they'd be they'd be a few anyway. More than hype is what I love about Morning Hype, and I think why it becomes so popular is because, particularly in North America, there's been a real growth of trio wrestling. Shikara mm. had a lot to do with that, with a trios tournament. And, uh, you know, Ring of Honor has a trio tag title. So does NJPW. So do a number of promotions now. And that was something that just wasn't really the case back in the 70s and 80s for us older, you know, marks <laughs> and whatnot. And what's great about Morning Hype is you know if, if people were like oh dream match against the rascals yeah here's the dream trio to face them as well so you mm. you know you had the rascals like you say the lucha brothers and ray horace who kind of work in circles and there's so many more of them guys from the bullet club the elite you know there mm. is that trio factor how important do you think more than hype has been in terms of building main events because you guys have had the opportunity to work purist trio matches i know you can get free wrestlers anywhere if you want but that's not quite the same as having a fluid unit of three guys who work so beautifully together as you guys do yeah that was like a big kind of learning curve when we went from like you said doing learning the difference like not the difference but you know we when we would go to say like italy you know and we maybe we wrestled in italy twice and it would be like okay you're wrestling three wrestlers who might not be a team and like you know and you understand how to go do it then but then like you said when you're wrestling someone like the rascals you're having much more of a like this is team versus team um, type of match and I think we got to a really good main event level like I think we we we, we were deserved like I kind of said to, to be in there with them I would say that the Rascals are you know like MSK in, in NXT now were a big help and kind of like that kind of switch for us like one of our first big matches we had was against Trey wasn't in the first one it was um Wentz and Xavier and, and Mako Satamora and we wrestled them in, in the Tivoli and I think that's free on YouTube as well um i remember that was like that was one of our first like big big ones where we kind of we did you know like the current style i guess you know really well um and then the fact then about like nearly a year later then we wrestled them with trey and i think we kind of realized after that one how much we'd actually developed as like wrestling like a trio because then we were wrestling their them as a full trio Um, i do think yeah like we we, we kind of got a good hang on like the main event style and things like that and it was wrestling those teams as well that's just goes back to like learning from the from the imports yeah the purest nature of more than hype i think is why they're so popular as well because they are legitimately a fluid unit as i mentioned how does um how does more than hype weigh up for you with your career i know it's kind quite an obvious answer i suppose because you've had so many high profile matchups with some of the best wrestlers in the world but how important has more than hype been maybe not necessarily out there, but just in general, the traveling, being as a trio, being able to get bookings as a group and things of that nature. How important has that portion of your career been to you in terms of helping you also develop as far as other matches go in terms of traditional two-man tag and your singles career? No, it's it's been absolutely amazing. It's definitely the best thing that ever happened to me and I think to the two other, the two other lads as well. Um, like you said it was the traveling was a big one like you know it's always something that you kind of you know to me like I'm my ultimate end goal whatever you know I want to be in, in WWE and, and things like that and you know you always hear about this you know they're, they work so many days a year it's the travel I was like I probably won't be at that for years and then like I said in 2019 we had like I flew over 70 times and I was like kind of got a taste of like Jesus, this is what this is what it's like and the fact that I could do with you know two mates as well was much better uh, it's much better traveling with someone else than being on your own it was extremely important and like you said the growth development as people as well because again like we have to do a lot we like you know it's in wrestling pro wrestling is such a weird thing uh you know maybe when you get to a certain level you can look at getting things like maybe if you're the rock you can look at getting something like an agent to do your stuff for you but for for our sake on a local indie scene like we're doing everything we're doing our you know our talk and trying to get everything and i think i remember being really happy when we hit the like the mid 2019 and it was like we were almost always booked as a trio and it was like this is i think we've shown how valuable we are because it's it's definitely expensive and we knew that like we're like it's you know you're gonna much rather try one of one person than three people that's three flights that's three fees hotel rooms um and yeah it, it really was it's it's definitely the best thing that happened uh you know i'm looking forward to to getting back to we're obviously we're kind of talking now we're not fully sure like what okay like what way are we gonna 
what way are we going to come back and things like that you know there's a few things i think that need to be to be worked out as well how has the transition been because there's been sort of some fits and spurts some companies like i had danny black on for instance from progress and obviously he's had the opportunity to work in an empty arena which isn't the same but still an opportunity to wrestle in general for me for instance i haven't been able to train at all until last weekend that was the first time i was able to train for a year and a half mm. um what was it like for you because you are just reaching some might argue a peak you know you can peak further obviously you can always peak further which is mm. great with wrestling and you can do different things but you were getting right there to a level of massive notoriety and then the world just stops has it been a difficult mental transition yeah definitely you know like i i can't lie and say like oh i know it was okay like it was it was really tough especially at the start like i got the you know the oh like i do think about it and i'm like because we were so close to that stadium if that stadium show would have happened and then everything happened i would have been fine because the thing that was coming up it was the two lads are wrestling mustache man i was wrestling pack and like that was a big one for me we were talking about the kind of i actually should have brought you know you you kind of asked me the question about people that you were like a bit like wow like that was the biggest one like because you know to me you know I, I watch him now as pack but you know i started wrestling at the time when nxt was getting really hot and he was neville and he was the nxt champion and like that was a huge one for me yeah like it was tough because oh, you know that day I, I described to you earlier when i went to college i went to you know went to liverpool and blah 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 that was i remember so it was march the 5th right and the and i wrestled ace austin who was TNA X Division champion at the time. And the OTT Stadium show was March 14th, right? Barely, like, you know, that's like a week. And I'm like, right, I have to be careful, you know, and make sure I'm ready for this pack match. Then I remember March 10th hit, and it was like, oh, okay, things are getting a bit weird. It looks all right, though. Uh, it, like, ah, oh, people are... And March 12th was my birthday. And I remember I woke up and I seen country is locked down, boom. Like, I knew, like... And for me, you know what, I can honestly say for, for that match with Pac, the anticipation was of that getting cancelled was much worse than it was. Because I remember, like, and anyone that was with me could say, like, the few days coming up to that, if it got brought up to that show was getting cancelled, I was just like, not happening. I was like, that is not getting cancelled. I was like, I, I remember even being at the School of Irish Wrestling the day before you had to cancel. Because I remember Joe was a bit like, I don't know what to do with it. And I was like, just do it. But, but like obviously I'm being still I was like just do it like you know because I want my matchup pack <laughs> I was like uh, like just like it'll be fine it'll be fine and um, but then when it did happen there was a bit of a I just kind of had to realize like this is a bad situation we're in you know there's people badly affected by this like I'm I've been quite lucky you know no family members badly affected and and things like that so at the start I did kind of just I was like look it's fine I mean, it's gonna happen but then I do get these like random kind of like days or like thoughts where like if i'm on a walk or something and like i remember i was just flicking through like a playlist on spotify and like uh pax indie song came on and i was just like oh like it was so close Um, i do think it's gonna happen eventually though Um, so again like i can't stress about it but no it was really tough because we went from the traveling you know the, the you know as they say i don't like you know the grind as they say like uh, we were you know gym four times a week wrestling training three times a week tra you know at least at least two flights minimum maximum six flights a week to just nothing um it was really tough like and it's still tough now and like you said i i do think and i feel i've had this thought a few of them you know this time last summer i thought everything was going to go back because last summer was pretty great i was able to go back training and everything and then it just again <laughs> locked down but i do really feel like this is the time that now we're we are coming out of whatever it is or whatever the timeline of the you know i'm not going to say the pandemic because the pandemic might not technically end for another two years but I, you know i mean like to kind of come to a a, norm, a normality we definitely have to be past the sec you know like the middle point we have to be um yeah no it was it was really tough um just not kind of like i'm lucky that i had college my, my last year of college was online um which wasn't ideal but it was still something and again, like I was, for me, I had to start looking at things like, you know, tell yourself everything happens for a reason, blah, blah, blah. I think it all, it kind of worked out well for me because I, we were going, we were like going so up, 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 right? Like, and I think that stadium show was going to be a big, like, okay, like something big could come here that I feel like an opportunity would have popped up. And I don't know what that may be. That could have been a contract that could have been like, come over here while I was still in college. And that would have became an, an incident at home because again, like I said, my parents are, are very supportive and the whole thing, they, 
that we kind of talked about when I started college was like, you do well in college, we'll support you, no problem. And that would have that would have been bad because then on at the and I know that I would have definitely picked the wrestling thing. <laughs> like I one hundred percent like it wouldn't have even uh, occurred to me to like stay in college. So the fact that now I've just finished, like literally two days ago, I hit my last assignment, and now it's looking like things are coming back. It kind of I'm trying to tell you, I think it kind of worked out perfectly for me when I really have to sit back and look at it. And also for for, for myself as well, like. Obviously, I can't believe it's been a year and a half we're talking there since March, but I all I also feel like it's gone by so quickly because I never, since the day we went into the lockdown, on my 21st birthday, I never got out of the mentality that I was like, we're going to be back next month. Even when I knew we wouldn't, you know, I was just kept telling myself like, oh, well, we're going to be back. Like, I, I, you know, I know people, especially, you know, watching wrestling can be hard. It was harder to watch this year with no people and stuff, you know, like it just wasn't as, as good. But like I have any, if anything, like I've, stayed more mentally sharp than ever like never stopped i never kind of had those days where i was like i don't know if i want to do this i understand people did there's a lot that went on even within wrestling as well as as we all know um but it really kind of anything like this last year and a half has just made me now come out of it like again not to sound like uh you know the cliche thing like kind of hungrier than ever like more kind of uh, uh, smarter i feel a lot smarter as a person coming out of it and like what i want to do and, and where i want to go and things like that Sorry, that was a big rambly answer. <laughs> not at all, mate. Um, one thing I really love about the pandemic, well, not love about the pandemic, but looking <laughs> at it, that's a horrible way to start a question. <laughs> um, but thinking of it from a positive nature is it's uh, like, for me personally, it's afforded me the opportunity to get my life in order and sort of stare down the barrel of difficulty mm. and take accountability for myself, you know, diet, whatever it might be. Um, mm. First of all, congratulations on passing college uh, because that's, that's very cool and it's always so good. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people where I started training late and there's so many much younger guys around. I always say, please don't, you know, sacrifice your education. Make sure you mm -hmm. have a trade. Be smart because wrestling can be taken away from you so quickly. And it's good to have that. Yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, coming out of that, coming into the pandemic, uh, you know, things are taken away from you now, hopefully. And I know that Ireland in particular, with my connections as well, and knowing Ireland fairly well, I'd like to think, um, they've been a lot more disciplined and very serious yeah. handling the pandemic. Yeah, it's been strict. <laughs> a lot more than you probably be watching our news and thinking, they've got no fucking clue what they're doing over there. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> kind of feels that way a little bit. It's weird that we're coming out of it now. Yeah. where's the immediate growth for you is it a case of you just hit the ground running again and let's get back into it let's get that match with pack let's start doing those stadium shows and just wrestling as much as possible or is it now a chance for you to zone in on that big dream because you've mentioned the fact you'd like to wrestle in wwe um i would you know safety wise permitted COVID wise like i i want to i personally like, i want to hit the ground running the second like we can go back training like i want to go back because i know i'm gonna you know like you know it's rest training is hard it is so difficult it's not an easy thing and especially the, we got to go back training last summer for about three months we opened in june and we closed in september right um with the lockdown kind of opening and then closing whatever and i remember i was like in my head i was like i'm I think I'm a good wrestler. I'm like, I haven't forgotten anything or like that. And I remember, like, and I'm in good shape. I will work out at home. And I remember getting in the first, the first day back. And I was like, the in-ring cardio slapped me in the face. And I was like, oh my God, I used to be able to do this. Like, no problem. Only three months ago. Um, and again, I know other people, other people might be different the way they want to, like, I understand if people are coming back, like they want to ease themselves in or whatever, because everyone's different everyone's body's different like i i want the, i want a month of like feeling awful like i need a month of feeling horrible and trying to get over that because as well i want to i was at such a i feel like i was wrestling at such a high level um that i am gonna really treat the summer to get back to that like i'm not looking at the summer as like oh everything's open let's go mental i will enjoy myself but i'm looking at this now like i i want by the time september october rolls around like i'm back to the way I was so you know if safety wise it can happen like yeah I want the stadium shows like oh I wouldn't mind a few months before the match of pack now <laughs> but um no I'd absolutely like I, I do I want this the, the stuff back um quick and I know like it might not sound like the the most I'm trying to uh, maybe not the most realistic thing or like mate you know it might sound a bit like it's selfish and it kind of is but like I want I do want the back I feel like it's been long enough now everyone's gone through so much even in wrestling like the stuff we know like there's a lot of stuff that happened and it affected a lot of people I feel like there was a time period where it was like we needed to like not 
be so ready to come back we need to kind of look at other things but i feel like for me now like i just i need it like i do i need it back um and regarding like you know my like when i say there, like you know like wwe would be my ultimate ultimate end goal um i like i came into wrestling as a wwe fan uh i'm still a huge WWE fan you know i do love i watch all wrestling but i'm i'm a wwe guy like it's just kind of the way uh, i've always been it's oh, see, it's a very hard, i'm sure yourself you thought it's a very hard one to think about because i'm saying that now like i'm 22 i wouldn't be crazy about like you know committing to something like that at such a young age hmm. however like if the figures get got put in front of me and you see the logo it's a different story you know like i don't know how that how, how i'd react and um, you know like i'm i kind of especially with my with my size and stuff like that you know i, I will kind of look at people like the the ballers and the aj styles and like they kind of they went on a proper proper journey before they before they got there um but I also understand to, to to do what they did, you have to be the you have to be like in the the elite level of wrestling. So for me, when we come back, if you know, it's looking like hopefully, um, gyms open here on June seventh. Um, wrestling gyms will open on July fifth. So I'm just looking at that a good month back in the gym before training, and then yeah, like I'd love to, I'd love to be back doing shows if possible by late August. Like I I take it absolutely even if even if we could do one in July, like I I I I want to do it. I do want to hit the ground running just to get myself back in the routine of it, and then kind of maybe assess and enjoy the first six months to a year back and then start being like, okay, you know, you need to, I need to look at this uh, kind of from the perspective of, you know, what do I really want to do? What's the, so you mentioned the fact that obviously WWE at such a young age, I think that's amazing because you've been wrestling for eight years, but you still recognize that, you know, you're just 22 and it might be, it would probably be quite easy to forget that you're that young because you've been yeah. in and around wrestling for so long and you just feel like, you know, you're a grown man, but you're still a very young grown man. So, but for me in that scenario, I'd find it very difficult to not kind of just try and gobble up every opportunity that's in front of me and go crazy. Um, but you've shown a great deal of maturity and that's probably what's lent itself to you being afforded the opportunity to also be a trainer as well. And obviously your quality mm -hmm. in the ring is absolutely undeniable. Um, what's the, you've mentioned the immediate kind of goals. What long-term are you looking to do? Would you, for instance, you've traveled abroad quite a lot and I've watched a lot of your matches abroad. Is there anywhere in particular, which has eluded you that you think, cause I'm looking at you and thinking somewhere like Mexico, for instance, would. Yeah. That, it was just kind of like, you know, long-term goals is up. There's a lot of places I'd love to wrestle in Mexico. I haven't wrestled in Germany. I'd love to wrestle in WXW. That was one I feel like was, was probably on the horizon. And then just obviously America is a huge one, you know, to do, to do Mania weekend and stuff like that. I feel like I would fit in very well on those shows, even just personality wise alone. I feel like I could slot into them really well. And then, you know, other goals is like, you know, I'd love to win the OTT title like you know the main title i've won a you know i've won the gender neutral title in ltt but i'd love to win the you know i want to main event the stadium shows i feel like the matchup pack was i was i'd been gradually working my way up the stadium card that was probably going to be the closest i i had been so far to the main event you know i, I really want to um over the next few years and again it's so hard to say because i i know like you know part of me does say that about the degree where i'm like i don't want to go so young but there's also that half of me going like you know it's your dream and stuff and like you said i could just snap it up if it's there so i, I don't want to like say like i'm gonna do this because then i just sound like a hypocrite if i just um you know there's things like i i would take i would probably look to take opportunities in places like wwe without maybe having to commit if that makes sense you know like doing like pieces and stuff like that Um, i want to wrestle for aw like i, I want to go to mexico as as you said um and the big thing is I kind of, you know, and I kind of have to start with the OTT stuff because that's like, it's my base. You know, I want, I want to be now and I feel like now is the time where I have the opportunity because so many people are signed and so many people aren't around anymore that like I want to be like, like I'd said there, you know, you might get, um, you know, pack and four of the same matches or in, you know, in the big promotions one in one week. Like I want to be one of those like names in Europe that like the way I looked at people like say like a, a Walter when he would come to OTT it's like and I would ask Walter like where did you wrestle this week and he'd be like oh here 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 and he'd done four places and he's you know that's I kind of want to be like one of those people um one of the top European names that's get that's like where I'm making not just like you know everyone says like I want to make a living off of it 
um, but I want to make a good, comfortable living. Um, you know, with things like merch to the point where I can up my value. Um, I do think I can do that. I think I will do that. I think I have the talent. I think I have the kind of head for it. Um, and it is something that like I will 100%, I think, will have done in the next year and a half, two years, and then just kind of progress from there. In terms of the, I know you've mentioned Pat quite a bit, and I love that because Pat's my favorite wrestler uh, in the world. I've gone on record many times saying I think he's the best wrestler in the world. That's just my opinion. Him and Volta are kind of mm. one and two for me. Um, is Pac the pinnacle in terms of a dream opponent right now, or do you have a bucket list like a lot of wrestlers do, or is there just that? Like for instance, I had Aaron Cruz on who's. Um, biggest inspiration was Matt Seidel. So the dream for him is to work with Matt Seidel anywhere. Is there one person in particular where you look at them and think, I absolutely must, must work with that person before it's all said and done? Yeah, so like Pac is the one now, like for sure, like because it, it was like, I literally could not have been closer to it. You know, like the graphic was there, the the promo packages were out. Like, ah, uh, see, this, this, I'm having one of them moments where I think about it. I'm like, oh, but the, if I... <sighs> Yeah, I do have them. Um, you know, uh, it's it's hard because I'm. I do think that you know there's a chance that this match could happen. Hmm. It might not be as likely as Willem Pack, but my favorite wrestler of all time is Chris Jericho, ever. Like he is my number one. Of, I feel like you know if you maybe look at some of my older match, maybe kind of before 2019, you probably see it. Like if you're looking. You hear me say now, anyone listen? Like I just copied Chris Jericho in my first few years on shows absolutely i copied him i like i may as well have been saying his catchphrases without saying them so if you hear that now and you go back you'll probably be like oh yeah that makes sense he's my favorite wrestler ever he's the reason i started wrestling i was into wrestling obviously as a kid like i was you know mega mega fan obsessed and then i was reading his book and i was like wow like if he could do it, i can do it so he is the number one um so then like that's where i'm like i want to go to aw because i want to wrestle him uh other people I and I can't believe because he's back now. Like I am a huge Christian fan. Like I cannot believe Christian is back wrestling. Like he would be a huge one for me. Jericho. Like again, these are obviously people I watched as a kid as well. Jericho, Christian, um, Pac is a huge one. Even you know what? To keep it even more local, I think I think the best wrestler in the UK is Charlie Sterling, and he would be my like um one that I think could happen. You know, maybe fairly soon. He would be um, like a big kind of uh, dream match for me. Uh, I've been to so oh, many shows with him, you know. Yeah, right. I actually would look. I would actually love to have with Charlie, and I, I kind of like put the feelers out to the Joe. I'd love to do a British rounds match with with, with Charlie. Um, I'd love to somehow work up to there. People like you know, even like uh, I'd never wrestle Mark Andrews. I'd love to wrestle him. Um, a kid never wrestled A kid. Got did get to wrestle Walter. Um. I would I would like to do you know I don't know what capacity I would like to have a singles match at Walter you know I think that's one way you know a good maybe few months of build up it could be really good because you know if you put the match graphic out there first it's you know probably going to be kind of like right like he's going to beat the shit out of me but if you do like a a good build up to it where like um the whole thing is like you know can I could I topple like could I topple Walter um, but Jericho is the is the number one. Obviously, like look, if I could wrestle John Cena, like I absolutely lose my mind. You know, like he was my, he was like my guy growing up. People like Randy Orton and stuff like that. Um, but like yeah, Jericho being that there there is a chance. Like it's not huge, but like there is a chance. And Christian, oh, if I could wrestle Christian, oh my god, like it'd be absolutely amazing. That'd be an incredible match. He's one of the yeah. best workers of all time. Uh, ever. I think he's the most like under. I think I think he's the most underrated wrestler of all time. Like he is one of the best ever yeah we've been banging on about him going in the hall of fame for years i don't know how plausible that's going to be now he's going to <laughs> but yeah. i don't know if any man gets like um just as a very quick side what's it like taking a chop off of volta uh yeah it was just man no i say it was just, it was horrible it was absolutely disgusting that my match with walter is on the is on the ruby network if you go to the independent section progress i think it's chapter 103 um it's and the way I ate, I ate, I ate two, um, and the way I ate the first one, you know, stupid on our part, trying to intimidate Walter, trying to get him to back down with the more than high back the way, and he just like swatted me off. And Darren eats a nasty one if you listen to it. Like I remember, like and Darren marks really easily anyway. 
like I could chop down and he'd have a little bit of a mark, but because it was Walter, like it's it's a proper handprint there. Uh, no, it was disgusting. <laughs> There's literally no other way to say it, it was absolutely oh, horrible. Yeah, it's weirdly, it's on my Sega and Masochist bucket list is to be mm. not by someone of that nature. Do, do you know who, who sorry, who I it would just, I don't know why, you know who else is, it would, who is a huge dream match actually? That I like, it would be Finn Balor, it would be an absolutely huge one. Um, for me, I've got to, I've got the chance, to, I've got to meet him a good few times and speak. Like he's, he come down to the training school and stuff, and I, ha- I haven't seen him in a few years, but, um, he would be absolutely huge. You know, regarding just, just as an Irish wrestler, um, like that would be amazing. Um, yeah. Is he the pinnacle? Would you say in terms of Irish wrestling, or do people look at uh, someone like Sheamus, for instance, who has done so much, and you know, Sheamus. Oh. You know, champion in that nature who do you think if you were kind of you know forced into a corner and you were made to pick one irish wrestler as you know the all-time great who do you think really stands there who's the one that everyone looks up to most i think uh in looking at it in in the kind of scale of maybe fans and as like a worldwide thing it's definitely shame like sheamus is is the man like what he's done like you said Seamus has won Rumbles, Bunny the Banks, World Tiles, like he's done it all. Um, but for me, as like, like as an Irish wrestler, mm. and especially having come from the school that Balor set up, like he would be it for me. Um, but I'd say Seamus. I, I, I would say Seamus. Um, he's so you know, even you know, I've run into anyone and they're like wrestling, like they they know who Seamus is. Um, but for me, it would be it would be Finn, like just to be able to have that match. But saying that, I absolutely love to wrestle Seamus as well. Yeah, no, I don't want to take his uh, beats to the Bowery for anything. <laughs> me, I, I, I believe him to be the toughest wrestler in the world. Mm. Like, he just looks hard. Is there? Um, I'm curious actually, because obviously I know there is like stereotypes that come with being Irish. You know, the sense of dress or the pints again, it's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it kind of cool to see Seamus almost play up to that a little bit on TV? Because Finn Balor, he's got the accent, but he doesn't, he, you know, he doesn't come out and really portray a proper Irishman. He portrays himself and that demon. Mm. Whereas Seamus actually does come out and looks like he's the kind of bloke who would be in the Irish pub and would kick your face in. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it is great to see. And that's where as well, though, I think that question you just asked me, that's another big reason why I think you would think of Seamus. Mm. You know, have you seen a picture of Finbala, you might not think he's Irish, or you see Seamus, like you know immediately. But he is Irish, pale ginger. Uh, no, I think he's, I think he, he's, uh, he's absolutely amazing. I think right now he's like on one of the runs of his life. Like you know, I think if you watch, if you're watching him now, um, even if you're kind of even only slightly following up, but like you know, week he is probably having one of the best matches of the week. And like him and Riddle at WrestleMania, I thought was amazing. It was just ten minutes of like really, really good match. Um, so no, it is great to see. And like Seamus is great because he'll go on, he'll kind of go through the you know obviously he always has the accent and like his skin is not going to change. But like when he came in first, it was like heavy, heavy Irish. Then you know he was he had the mohawk and like obviously he's still Irish has all the the, the stuff on his gear and all. But like, I feel like now he's really kind of converting back to you know he has the hat and the the jacket and stuff. So like which is something he hasn't done really before. So I think it's great. Yeah, he feels like a classic Irish film villain, like he mm. should be in the movies. And well, he has he's been in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so he's doing all right. Yeah. Looks like he should be in like Snatch or something. He does, absolutely yeah. he does. He has that scallywag look about him. As we uh, get towards the end, before I let you go, uh, social media-wise, where can people find LJ Cleary? I know most people already have found you, but obviously more and more people want to jump on the bandwagon. I'm sure people watching this would definitely want to check you out. And of course, merch as well, because it's very important that you make as much money as possible while you have to do <laughs> um, On social media, on Twitter and Instagram, it's just LJ underscore Cleary. Um, and then if you want to follow any other Irish presses, you just go onto what I'm following and they're all there. <laughs> Um, merch more than hype big cartel I don't know if there's much on at the moment because we're kind of now in this weird like, like obviously we have to you know wait till things are back and we're not 100% sure what we're what we're doing yet but do keep it again if you follow me on social media you'll kind of get updates about merch and things like that but other than that you know if anyone listening go subscribe to like the LTT on demand um, if that's where you'll likely you know that's where you'll find most of all my stuff and again all the Irish wrestlers more than hype and Michael May all, all these people um, follow the the wrestling schools, the Irish promotions, Fight Factory Pro Wrestling, OTT, School of Irish Wrestling, all that. Just support all the Irish wrestling. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to just generally coming back. I do have some stuff lined up, which I'm very happy about. I just, 
my god like i hope it goes ahead now like you know i feel like again we're just at the there's been a good few things that were lined up in the last six months that didn't happen because because of you know the obvious um so i'm just really hoping a lot all the stuff does now yeah um uh for anyone who obviously knows wrestle plug loads of video highlights you would have already seen some amazing clips during this video as well of what lj can do so i strongly suggest you all support the irish scene in particular because loads of people always talk to me about the british scene and how special that is it is however ireland is right there and like you say and you're coming around the hills yeah Yeah. exactly it genuinely feels like it's i mean to be honest i flew out to ireland with the you know the exclusive nature of being able to say i've been to bray and being able to see the wrestling out there it is a really special and very beautiful place to watch wrestling ireland is genuinely in my opinion one of the most beautiful places on earth um thank you very much for your time mate uh hopefully we'll get you back on particularly when things resume i wish you the best of luck mate i really do uh very thrilled i've actually met you a couple of times at show you probably don't remember me but i um you were an absolute joy to chat to what what shows would did did you come to any of the, the progress shows uh, yes, yeah, and uh, I feel like I might remember. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I do stand out. I'm like six sure. four, so people are like, "Oh, blind." <laughs> um, so yeah, from that nature. But um, I think you've uh, everyone I know speaks about more than hype, and particularly yourself in glowing representation. Even Amy Alonso, who came on the podcast, is just you know she had nothing but amazing things to say about you, and that's always replicated when I get the chance to see you wrestle and on the rare opportunities I've had to meet you. So thank you very much for everything you've given. Thanks so much. Thank you very much for everything you will give to wrestling as well. And fingers crossed you'll get that match with Pac very soon because that's like a dream. Yes. (laughs) mate. Um, But yeah, thank you very much for your time, LJ Cleary. No problem, man. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, man.